Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Well, we can send the kids. Die wat nog hier is. Great stuff. I'm so excited to be here. I had to hydrate this afternoon after the morning service. I think me and my wife, or my wife and me, is not a very good combination at this stage. We, we started the rehearsal this morning, and, and as, we, as we started worshiping, um, we sang the first line of one of the songs, and, and both of us became quiet. And um, there was supposed to be a, a line that, that followed that one. So as we looked at each other, the tears were, were rolling down our faces at the same time. And we said, Silna, you will have to sing with. You didn't exercise with, but you will have to be in front with us. So um, we, we had to drink a lot of water from 12 to now to, to look the, like this again. Um, but yeah, let's, let's pray before we start. Lord, we just... We just honor you for who you are stirring within us. Um, not only a word that's being spoken as we get together, Lord, but your spirit guiding and leading and stirring within us, never leaving us, protecting us, being with us, Lord. We, we honor you and we are so excited to read from your word, Lord. And, and thank you for this family that, that can share in your presence tonight. Thank you for being here, stirring, revealing, opening eyes, opening hearts. We just trust you tonight also to enlighten scripture and empower us to understand, Lord. We cannot do this on our own and we just, we just invite you and we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to work in us. As we read scripture and as we speak a bit about what, what we believe is on your heart tonight, Lord, I pray for illumination that, that we would clearly see. In Jesus' name, amen. So over the past few weeks, we were busy with a, a sermon series um, named Called and Sent. Called and Sent. And, um, and there was quite a few sermons. I think, I think some of the, um, I think if Vian kept going, it would have been Called and Sent part part 40 in a, in a short while, so we were at part five for now, but um, it's still going strong. So um, there was something specifically in the light of called and sent that I wanted to share, um, and, and my motive for tonight is to get through three scriptures. Well, okay, three of them. And um, as, we, as we were working through the called and sent part in Mark 3 and Luke 6, Matthew 9 and Matthew 28, which is obviously the Great Commission, go and make disciples. Something of the calling and of moving in God was, was stirred in me. And, and I just know 
that if you attended any of the last few sermons, then that would probably be happening to you as well. It's hard to sit in a sermon, listen to God inviting week after week after week after week saying, I called you and I'm sending you with a specific purpose in mind, with a specific calling in mind, and not start experiencing something working in you. Something stirring within you, but also from time to time, some headwind, something that, that tries to keep you from starting to walk in the direction that God is busy calling you. And I want us to address some of those things tonight. So the three scriptures that I want us to read tonight is Ephesians 4, um, verse 1 to 3. So it, it reads like this. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Now, although that is three scriptures, you know, every time I read it, it kind of feels like a bucket of cold water in my face because if you really break it down, it can keep you busy for quite a while. So don't be afraid. We're going to break it down again. But if that didn't really hit you the first time, let's just read it again and just take note of some of the words before we go on. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, talking about a mouthful of of things that we have to try and do everything at once, everything at the same time. Let's, let's break it up into three points for tonight. So the first point I want us to look at is to walk. Ephesians 4 verse 1, 4 verse 1 actually only the first part. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk. I urge you to walk. All of us walk. All of us move. So we're going to go into some of the definitions of the words within this context that I find in, in one of the um, explanatory um, commentaries of the whole Bible. So I'm going, to, I'm going to take some of the words and just delve a bit into the words so we can get a bit better clarity of what's being said here. So walk in this context is referring to two ways. The one is actually physically moving, moving in a direction going somewhere, whether it's going to work, whether it's intentionally walking in, it, in a specific direction with the intent of reaching a specific place, but being in motion, walking. The second part of, of, of walk within this context is a conduct of life, a way of walking. It's not only moving, it's the way in which I am moving. Now, the moment we start thinking about calling, purpose, vision, drive, and we start moving in a direction specifically with regards to a, a conduct of life, it's very, very quickly that we, that we kind of start to place a huge emphasis on the conduct of life. How well do I walk? The moment as Christians we start looking, each other, looking at each other, we start noticing that from time to time this 
there's different seasons as we are walking. Sometimes we feel very close to God and sometimes we, we feel a bit further apart. Sometimes we hear his voice and his guidance quite clearly and sometimes it feels almost as if, you know, we need someone to interpret whatever we are busy experiencing. It's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of tension, but soon it becomes kind of the main focus. And the reason why I'm specifically mentioning this is if we are not careful, and we will see it when we read further in Scripture, because there's kind of a warning in the Scriptures to come, that if we are not careful, we tend to place the conduct of our lives as our priority of focus. The moment we do that and we forget what the movement was about and where it started, it becomes something that causes division. And it becomes something that causes hurt. I'm sure some of you have felt, even within a church context, that someone would say, I experienced God telling me something in a specific way, but it's actually quite offensive. Especially within a Christian context. And the moment you start analyzing it and dissecting it, you would quickly see that, that the main thing is no longer the main thing. The conduct of life became the, the focal point. And that's where I would like to go to the second point tonight, a manner worthy. So what does this look like? I urge you to walk in a manner worthy. So Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I had an experience this, this weekend that, that kind of sums this up very well. Um, we were at a leader's breakaway, and we, um, we were busy eating on the Friday evening, and Renier came to me. He wasn't here this morning, so I couldn't, I couldn't refer to him, but um, he's here tonight. He came to me Friday evening and said, Any, let's row through the lake tomorrow morning towards the other side. And uh, we decided to do it. So it's about two and a half kilometers. And, uh, and there was a heavy rainstorm the previous evening. So we, we kind of were hesitant to do it, but, but we did it. So we got into the rowboat five o'clock the next morning because it seems like people that's really running as far as he does and doing all of, all of the activities that he needs to do, it has to happen that time of morning. So, um, so we got into the rowboat five o'clock the, the following morning. And, um, and the rowboat had a rudder, okay, with pedals. For you what so Afrikaans is, this is the steer, then I achter. So we got into the boat, and I was, I was in the lucky seat to just need to row, okay? And he was the one that was guiding us. So I didn't notice it as much until he said, any, um, you know, I could see the rowboat go like this because we had kind of an idea on the other side where we, we were heading. So it was going like this and then it was going like that. And we eventually reached the other side and uh, we couldn't get out the other side. So we just had to touch the, the other side of the, of the bank and just with the respawn, just touch it and say, okay, ons was done. We turned around. And what was quite funny was about halfway back, he, he turned around at a, at a stage and he said, Henny, guess what? And I said, what? And he said, I, I just found out how to steer this thing. <laughs> so I didn't notice it up to that specific point. But what I, what I remember as he said that was, and I could actually be, 
binnenpret gehad at the time. But when he said that, I actually realized that every now and then I could see, it, it felt like the rowboat was about to like turn, turn like sideways. And, and, then it, and then it came back and, and then it felt like it was turning sideways towards this point. But, you know, I thought maybe two and a half kilometers is too, too short of a distance. Maybe he wants to make two and a half, three or four towards the other side and then again back. So when he said about at three and a half, four kilometers, when he said, I figured out how to drive this thing, I asked him, what do you mean? And he said, you know what happens the whole time? I press on the one pedal, and 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 um, if if I if I step on the left pedal, it it goes towards the left, ne? And then as it goes left, and I feel we are we are on point now, and I and I leave the pedal, the boat keeps going. And then I and then I realize, okay, I have to realign again, and I and I start stepping on the right pedal, and it kind of aligns, and just when it just when it gets right, then it it goes towards the right again. So I said, okay, so. So what is the way now? And he said, you have to step on both of them at the same time, equally hard. Now, something in me said that will never work because the robot's going to stop. And then I realized that's not brakes. It's, it's actually a rudder. So we probably won't stop. In fact, if anything would stop it, it would be just stepping on one side. So, so he stepped on both sides and that actually kept us straight. And he said, kijk hoe mooi rach het ons nou. And I was like, okay. So from then on, it it became it became actually quite fun. We were able to actually, you know, yeah, to hui. We were actually. He was like, okay. So are we going in strong towards the end now? And I was like, yes, let's do it. And and this scripture kind of feels to me like this because the moment you start reading those words, and you analyze your life, it kind of feels as if from time to time, in specific seasons, you get some of them right. But the moment you start feeling, I, I get this now, then it, you soon realize something is out. Something's not working. And it's not only stopping, because some of us do that. We stop from time to time and we have no idea where to go. But then we feel, okay, I've done well with humility and gentleness now. I'm going to go to the patient side now. And I'm going to step on that pedal. But the moment you do that, soon after that, you realize, okay, this is literally impossible. And, and as I read through this, it, it kind of, it was so special for me to have such a practical example because when I went into the words, when I prepared during the week um, with the explanatory commentaries that I read on this, I, I've, I actually found something that was, that was interesting and I want to share it with you. So if you look at that scripture with all humility and gentleness, before we go on, all apart from the fact that it means all, everything, it means every kind of, the whole and all the. So every kind of, every kind of humility, all of the gentleness, every kind of patience. I mean, all of a sudden it, it, it becomes a very large term. The, the moment I don't decide what the word means, but I allow the word to mean what it means, it becomes something that's really hard to to do and to fulfill. So when you look at the words humility and gentleness, and I underline it specifically, I just want to go through, through them quickly. Humility and gentleness. The common, the common root word that you find in both of, them, both of them is the word meekness. Meekness. Remember, for us to walk worthy of the calling, we need to know what this manner is, and that's what we are busy with now. So we have to understand those words. But listen to what these words mean. 
Meekness. So humility and gentleness combined in scripture is the word meekness. Listen to the word definition. A calm temper of mind, not easily provoked. That spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us without disputing and resisting and also the accepting patiently of the injuries done us by men out of the thoughts that they are permitted by God for the chastening and purifying of his people. I mean, if humility and gentleness kind of in your mind seems like humility, like someone bringing someone water and gentleness in some way would mean you do it with a smile. Okay. <laughs> then that would kind of be the way we read into that. This is more or less what this looks like. I just want to read this again. A calm temper of mind, not easily provoked. This is the word meekness. That spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us without disputing and resisting and also the accepting patiently of the injuries done us by men. Out of the thought that they are permitted by God for the chastening and purifying of his people. Now, if there was a, a harsh way to start a scripture saying God is going to chasten and to purify his people by allowing things, injuries to be done us by men, we need to accept it without disputing and resisting, and we have to accept it patiently, then there's something in these words that we really do not understand well, because this is the complete opposite of what we do. The word patience here, its definition is the ability to take a great deal of punishment from evil people or circumstances without losing one's temper, without becoming irritated and angry. Other word definition for patience is long-suffering. It's actually a direct translation of the word, long-suffering. The ability to take a great deal of punishment from evil people or circumstances without losing one's temper. So if we really set our hearts on the manner worthy of the calling, it kind of puts a different perspective on what these words mean. This is really not something that we have within ourselves. I don't know if you already feel that, but... The moment we start reading definitions like what these words actually mean, I know for a fact that I have a shortfall because this is quite opposite of what I'm used to doing, especially when I read those words. Patience would mean being able to sit in a car waiting for someone to finish and not get angry within our modern concept. That's not what the word means. Look how interesting when it goes on. Now, now we've seen in three words already, in two words, in, in meekness and in patience, how a lot of injury and a lot of pain will be inflicted, will be allowed by God to purify us, to make us become more like him. Look at the response, bearing with one another in love. Now, we would like to bear with one another in love when it's easy, when it can be justified. 
when there's something that actually drives us to bear with one another in love. But here, what, what is quite interesting is, although it starts to seem as if it becomes a bit lighter, bearing with one another in love, that love is the agape love, the God kind of love. So not only are we being inflicted with a lot of things that God is using to purify us and to heal us and to make us more like him, he actually expects us to bear with one another in a type of love that we do not have in ourselves. Up to this specific point in this scripture, there is literally nothing apart from us being purified by God that we are able to accept and actually receive. There's nothing of this that we can bring forth from ourselves. A bond, the bond of peace, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit here. Maintain, inter, interesting word. Um, I had to see that because it, it, it kind of challenged me. The first part of the scripture seems like there's a lot of, not negative things happening, but a lot of, a lot of hard training being done. And the moment I read um, eager to maintain, it, it kind of seemed a bit off because the word maintain implies something that's already there, right? You cannot maintain something that's not there. So the word maintain, interesting, means to observe, to keep, and to protect. And the explanation of this specific part of the scripture is a unity between men of different tempers, which flows from the presence of the spirit who himself is one, which is love. The one uniting members of the church in the bond of peace, which is love. So all of a sudden we see a lot of work being done in us, allowed in our lives to purify and to heal and to transform us. But here's something that we have to maintain that is not from us. Something that is in the spirit himself, the bond of peace, which is love. And that brings me to the, to the first verse. And I was so excited to see this because the moment I saw this, I felt, Lord, please help us. Please help us understand this well. Worthy of the calling. Our last point for tonight. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner. So we understand walk now. We understand manner, what it looks like, worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Calling within this context is a calling, an invitation. A summons of God to the religious life by name. A summons of God to a religious life by name. This kind of life that is the driving force and the pivotal point of us being able to take this transformation, to receive this purification from God, but from a point where the Holy Spirit stirs within us this purification, can love each other well, can be eager to maintain the unity of the spirit that's been, that's been made alive in us. The question I was asked and the question that I thought of was one that I read in Isaiah 43 verse 1, and I'm ending with this. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. 
you are mine. This calling that we see here, if you can maybe put up that first slide again, please, Rosemary. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What calling? The calling of God that called you by name to him. To make you alive in him, to be able to receive whatever he needs to use on earth to purify and to transform you, to be able with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bear with one another in love. The kind of love that we receive firstly from him as we respond to his call. Eager to maintain the unity of that spirit that we have been called to in the bond of peace, which is love. And our question tonight is, if we honestly think that any of those fruit, whether it's um, humility, whether it's gentleness, whether it's patience, whether it's love, whether it's to maintain the unity, whether we think that we are able to do that or not, we can see in scripture that we will never be able to do that if we have not responded well to God calling us to himself. And my question for us tonight is, have we really and are we constantly in a place where we are responding to his call to be with him? Or have we somewhere along the line put a way of conduct, a way of life as a priority above being with him? Because the moment we start putting, whether it's our calling, whether it's our ministry, whether it's a very specific work or job or whatever we do above the calling of being with him, then we have no way of living a life of what the Holy Spirit wants to bring in us and to bring through us. My question for us tonight, and I would really like us to pray into this tonight, did I and am I constantly responding to his invitation? Now, what was very special to me, and I'm ending with this, this is not an invitation spoken over a crowd of people. According to scripture, this is an invitation spoken to you by name. Within where you are currently in your life, what you are busy with currently in your life, where you feel you battle, where you feel you struggle, where you feel you thrive, and you, it's well. Did I respond to his invitation yet in my life, the one that he called me by my name? And am I constantly, not only daily, on a constant basis saying, Lord, I'm hearing your call. I'm hearing you say my name. And I'm responding to you as a personal God that wants a personal relationship with me. Let's pray into that. Let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for what you are busy with in us. As we tonight just realize, Lord, that there's so many things that, that we so easily read definitions and opinions into, Lord. But the moment we stand still and we really think what this religious life that you've called us to entails, Lord, we know it's not within our capacity, Lord. It's not within our strength. It's not within our might. It's not within our effort. And, Lord, 
my prayer tonight is that you would please show me and that you would show each one of us, Lord, how you call us by name. Please remind us how you call us by name. And may we, Lord, not when we hear you call us, respond by, Lord, what do I need to do? Just while our eyes are closed, I just sense... And I also felt that this morning that there's been so often messages of different ministries and things you can do in church and things you can do at your workplace and whatever. And although that's very true, the intention was never to make that the focus. And if anyone taught you on a constant basis that that is what life's about, I want to repent on their behalf tonight. I really want to say that I'm sorry that there were times that we taught, taught and that you were taught that whatever flows from your relationship with God, whatever flows from being with Him is more important than Jesus Himself. If you, if you were ever in a place like that, will you just stay where you are, just speak out a word of forgiveness? over someone that, that taught you that I really want to repent of that tonight on behalf of those people and I really want to invite you to say Lord even while any made this invitation of saying let's be in intimacy with Jesus I was already thinking of what I'm supposed to do where am I supposed, where am I supposed to go with this and I want to repent of that Lord I just want to be with you Lord Will you in your own words just speak to Jesus? There where you are. Lord, we'll just lay down our efforts. Lord. None of these efforts are remotely close to, to worshipping you in a way that is worthy of who you are anyway. We just lay it down. I pray that those of us, Lord, that have not heard you say our names, call us by name, stir within us this passion to just be with you, Lord. I, I pray in Jesus' name that you would please open our ears and our eyes to hear that clearly and give us the, give us the drive, Lord. Give us the will to respond well. For those of us, Lord, that, that love you, and that from a place of loving you just want to run all over the world and just proclaim your good news, Lord. But mistakenly put that as the object, Lord. We just want to repent tonight and we just want to say, Lord, we just lay that down. and We respond to your call again, Jesus. While our eyes are closed, I'm just going to end up for us in prayer. And I'm just going to allow a time where we can just be quiet with, with God. If you're finished, you're welcome to go grab yourself a coffee, but don't rush it. We will be here. We will pray with you. If you feel safe, please turn to someone next to you. Pray with them. Just let's just respond to this invitation of God tonight saying, I want to be with you. I'm calling you to a religious life. I want to make you alive. Lord, thank you for being together in this service, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for time well spent with family. 
Lord, we just thank you and we honor you that this doesn't stop here, but that you go with us. You live with us. You stir with us throughout wherever you, wherever we go, wherever we find ourselves, Lord. And we just, just thank you so much for your grace, Lord. We pray a blessing over this week and, and we just honor you and thank you. In Jesus' name. Please spend the time in prayer and thank you for being here with us. We really love you guys. May you have an awesome week.